0: Have we turned you on, Emma? As in, turned you on? Are you on or off? Or your lights on? Is that working now? Yeah. Oh, oh, it does. And it doesn't sound like a microphone. That's great. To me, <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. There you go. Can I move this forward a little bit then? We oh, can put it back up again if we want. to. i, I, I prefer to sit, stand down here. Okay. To be honest. Oh. Good morning. Um, it's. Uh, I think everybody should get Cheryl to introduce them. <laughs> <laughs> A big, a big encouragement. Uh, thank you. So uh, yeah, many of you may know me, some people may not. Uh, I've been about Vineyard for... Uh, I started coming to here in 2005, um, but I've kind of been back and forth for a number of years. Uh, and whenever I think of here, I, I often think it feels like coming home. Uh, it's, a, it's a place where I really came to faith in Christ. I really um, gave my yes to him. Uh, it's a place where I was baptised. Uh, as a lookout, there's faces around about um, who have, just like Cheryl was saying, has been a part of my life, who have loved me well, who have encouraged me well. Um, as a lookout, there's ones who have known me since school. I can remember going on a trip to London and Gail Moore, the uh, we shared a room in London um, whenever oh, we were 12 or, yeah. <laughs> 12 or 13. So yes, as I look out, there's many people who have been part of my, my story and my journey and, and have, have loved me well. So I've said to people that this could end up being 10 minutes. Uh, it's supposed to be within 12, half an hour. So Cheryl will rub her nose or something whenever I need to, to come off. Um, but yeah, this morning is about telling, telling my story. And we all, we all have stories to tell. Um, and sometimes we think our story isn't important or our story doesn't have any value to other people. Um, and what I want, want you to know and hopefully to, to get through today is to, regardless of what our story is or how w- whether or not we think our story has an impact, it does. And the enemy wants to silence us. He wants to silence our story. He wants to silence us um, in the advancement of the kingdom and, and keep us silent. So... Jade has got a a PowerPoint um, and she said just give her a wink or a nod whenever I need to to change it. So owning our story and that's what I want to really get across today and and as as I was preparing for this the word that kept coming to my mind was freedom and just that real sense that this morning Christ our Father, our Lord wants us to know that we are free and I don't mean Free, as in we hide it underneath the bushel, that we keep it quiet. That was like, yeah, I'm am free. It's actually no, we are free. We live in the freedom of Christ, but yet, the enemy doesn't want us to live in freedom. He doesn't want us to claim the freedom that we have in Christ. He wants to keep us hidden. He wants to keep us our our, our flame our flame um, low. Um, but we are free, and we need to hear that we are free. We are if we are uh, free free Christ through Christ, we are free indeed. So. My first, uh, whenever we go on to the, the next slide, so you'll see I'm a big fan of Downton Abbey. And I, I love the storyline, I love the characters. Uh, but if we think of books, if we think of uh, TV programs, if we think of movies, uh, characters within in, in the Bible, we see, they don't just allow us to see um, the good parts, they don't just allow us to see... Uh, what we want others to see, it shows us us the things that they're doing in the dark, it shows us the things that um, they want us to hide, they show us the things that they're ashamed of. We're getting a whole round idea of what their character is truly like, we're seeing all sides of them. Um, And that's, in some ways, that's refreshing, because whenever we think of our lives, we often just show the little bits that we want people to see. We want people to think, we've got this all together. There is nothing wrong with what's going on in my life. We can show, we can come here on a Sunday morning, I can go to work on a Monday morning and I can smile and I can eh, say all the right things, but inside it's a completely different story maybe. Um, And it's whenever we think of owning our story, we need to know own all of our story, not just the good parts. Uh, And I've wrote down a little thing here about the Northern Ireland, how are you? And that was coming to mind whenever I was thinking about we do the Northern Ireland. How you doing? So this is how I do Northern Ireland. How you doing, Cheryl? How you doing? And I'm I'm away. I'm walking on. I'm pa- I haven't actually listened to her answer because probably I'm not busy. I have my head's somewhere else. I'm thinking, oh, I'll say how you doing. And if Cheryl stops and says, well, actually, this is where I'm at. I've already moved on to the other thing, and she's in the middle of maybe telling me how she really is doing, it, but I'm not maybe completely interested in it because it's just it's just that thing that we do. And it's kind of like our freedom. We, we think that we're free, or we know that we f- we're free. We, free. we can say it in words and, and we read about it, but actually it hasn't really hit our hearts yet that we're truly free. So the first, the, the, the first scripture that I want to read this morning is from Psalm 34, 4 to 6. And it says, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from my fears. Those who look to him for help will, radi- radiant, will be radiant with joy no shadow or shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from my troubles, and I've underlined that uh, one line where it says He freed me from my fears. And so often, fear cripples us, fear holds us, and it keeps us back. So I'm going to tell a little bit about my story, um, and. I'm not going back to when I was born, you'll be pleased to know because we really could be here all day. Um, But I'm going to start back in 2007. So in 2007, I, I headed off to university, I decided at 27 I was looking to do social work and I really felt that God had laid that on my heart to do social work. Um, I remember whenever I was 14 or 15 uh, a friend of mine at the time standing outside a, a house that we would have went to in Port Rush for our holidays and she gave me the verse um, in Ezekiel where it says about standing in the gap, I looked for somebody to stand in the gap. And at 14, that didn't really mean anything to me. But actually, time and time again, I think back to that time of that standing in the gap and looking for somebody to stand in the gap and whether or not I was willing to do that. And and in a sense, what I'm doing now is, in a sense, standing in the gap with some of the guys that that I work with and and continue to work with in the current job that I'm in. Um, And yet, as we look at photographs, so this is a photograph of me outside the university that I went to within the first year that I was there and the last year whenever I was whenever I was graduating and qualified as a social worker. Uh, and and I, in the next few slides what I've put in is, what do you see, what do I see, and what does God see? Because actually, the three things are very, very different. And what you see in me, um, or what I allow you to see in me, um, and what I, how I see myself, aren't going to be the same. And whenever we think of what God sees in us, that's not going to be the same either. Uh, so it's trying to encourage us all to see, well, what does God see us? How does God see us? So that was in 2007, and that was uh, I went to England. I went to Durham and did social work uh, for a few years, and then stayed over there for a a couple of extra years um, working. Uh, So fast forward to 2015, and I went to I went out to Cambodia uh, for two years. I I really had, yes, I I felt it was from God, but also I I probably thought I, I want to go away and I want to do mission, and I and I and I had a real heart for, for young women. Uh, and I headed out to Cambodia, headed to Phnom Penh and worked in a place called Swipak. Uh, it was called with our Agape International Missions. And they work with, with women, with girls who have been trafficked. Uh, and I was working with our social workers out in Swipak in a restoration center and in a transitional home uh, where the girls had come in after being rescued. Uh, we had social workers there. I worked with the social workers in developing, helping to develop that team. Um, we, the girls came in. We had uh, an employment centre that they worked in to get some money and to develop a, a trade, and and they they each had their own social workers, and if they needed or wanted counselling, they had that opportunity with the, with the hope and the desire for them to then to move on to independent living. Um, and this one down at the right is just some of the girls uh, that were in the house, and we were that was a Christmas party that we had. Uh, and yeah, and, if, and the next slide was. Some of, some of the amazing staff that I worked with um, in, within SWIPAC and, and we started off with the four on the left-hand side uh, and that's, that was the team whenever I'd left uh, at the end of at the end of 2000 or the beginning of 2017. So uh, they were yeah, an amazing group of women and men to work with uh, and just being able to get to see you know, get to see them developing within their skills, within their confidence um, was, a, was such a privilege. And I'm going to fast forward on again to where I am currently, which is I'm up working at Causeway Coast Vineyard in the Hope Centre. So we, we opened that about four months ago. Um, and it's been a massive, massive privilege to work within that within that team, within that organisation, um, and just seeing again lives being changed through, through hope, through hope in Christ and, and through hope of provision. Um, and on the left-hand side, that is some of the team that I work with and whenever I was preparing this talk this morning and whenever you're actually thinking about your story you're thinking oh my goodness you've got a half an hour that seems an awful short time to be thinking about what you're looking to say so I'm just realizing I'm kind of my back to you guys <laughs> so I'll, I'll move <laughs> uh, but I really sensed that God was saying I, I don't want I yes concentrate on your experiences concentrate on what you, you're doing let people know what you're doing but actually to dig deeper than that, be be vulnerable, and we don't. I don't do vulnerable well because sometimes I think you know vulnerability, that's a weakness, shame. Admitting that you're you're ashamed of something, or that you're you have weaknesses, or you struggle with things, you see that as a vulnerability. It's not. It's a strength and we need, I need to be vulnerable with people. And as I look out into faces that I that I can see, there's people that have allowed me to be vulnerable. There's people that have allowed me to be myself with my with my shortcomings, with um, things that I struggle with and they have loved me well. If we what the enemy wants us to do is to hold on to our fears, to our insecurities and to say, nobody else will get that. What will they think of you if you if you tell them that? But the reality is, people want to love you. So many people have have said, you know, even as Cheryl introduced me this morning, said how much she loves me. And you know what? I believe that, but that's been a journey. The devil, the enemy hasn't wanted me to think that people love me, that people care for me, that people love you, that people care for you, that people want to see your heart. They want you to be vulnerable. They want us to be real with one another. I'm not saying that we go out and we tell every, every Tom, Dick and Harry about our biggest struggles. But what I'm saying is, don't allow the enemy to keep you secret. Don't allow the enemy to keep you silent. Because in our vulnerability, that's what—that's when, when when hope is shared, when light is allowed to be entered into a situation. And, and I wrote something down, and I don't, I'm not i not sure, it made sense to me. So I was like, well, this is prov- profound. But I might say it, and you think, that doesn't actually make sense. So I'm going to say it anyway. Um, in our, showing our greatest weakness or our greatest struggle, can sometimes be the greatest inspiration. Being, sharing with somebody at the right time, being willing to be vulnerable with somebody at the right time can be the key to the freedom that they need to step into. And you are the funnel for that. And what we have to ask ourselves and what we need to be willing to do is be like, okay, I am going to show vulnerability here. I am going to show who I truly am, not just show the, I'll come on to the iceberg, but there's a picture of an iceberg up there. The reality is we show the top of it. We show the top of it. But what else is going on underneath? And if we want if we want to love people well and if we want to allow people to love us well, we need to show them who we really are. All pimples and all bruises and all yeah aches and pains because people love well. Uh, if we go on, yeah, so the, the next slide. Uh, yes, we can often, like I say, what is behind a smile? And and, whenever I was preparing, whenever Jason and Michelle asked me this morning, or asked me a few weeks ago to speak this morning, I thought, yeah, yeah, I can, I can do that because it's just your story, it's perfectly fine. But then whenever the father started to challenge me of going, hold on, Emma, you need to actually show show a little bit more than than just what people already know about you. You need to be vulnerable. Um, because actually in the weaknesses or the, the struggles that I have myself, it's nothing to do with me. It's actually Christ has given me the strength to come through. You know, in our weakness God is strong. You know, so it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about him. And that's so often what we what we fail to what we fail to realise. So some of the things that I, I, I struggle with um, is, is self-doubt, is sometimes not, not feeling enough, feeling that you compare yourself to others and you always you always fall short. Um, fear and anxiety, fear and anxiety is something that I would say that I do I, I do suffer with, I do struggle with. Um, sometimes it can be paralyzing, and but yet you put on that front, you put on. Um, what you want people to see? I put the duck up in the top left-hand corner because I wanted it was a, a trigger to, to remember the, the duck analogy, where we're all the duck is just so calm on top, but his legs are going underneath frantically. But we just see the calm and the elegant swan going across the water. We don't see all the all the effort and everything that's being put on underneath. Other things are. No one cares about what you have to say and what we're talking about. The enemy wants to keep us silent. He doesn't. He doesn't want us to think that our story is important. What would they think about you if they knew certain things? Don't show weakness. What, what, what will they say? Weakness. Weakness is. It's weakness is nothing. Nothing that we should be shown. But actually, everybody has struggles. They look different, and somebody's struggle mightn't seem like much, but actually, to them, it's something massive. And when we have fear and when we have anxiety or whenever we allow um, the enemy to to hold us and change, change with our struggles, then we can't, we can't break free. We can't live in true freedom. And in the pictures that i shown before, whenever I was at university, whenever I was in Cambodia, whenever I was in you know the, photo, the photograph that I had um, up at Compassion and the team the, the theme that was going on was smiling. Everybody was smiling, everybody's happy. But again, what is going on behind the smile? And behind the smile, you might be struggling, but God is still working. There's a verse There's a verse of scripture in, in uh, Pro, it's Exodus 14 and 14, where it says, just be still, God is still fighting. And that was whenever he's speaking to or Moses and, and the Israelites leaving uh, Israel and a- Egypt. Uh, God is still working. In our struggles, in our pressures, God is still working. And never forget that we don't have to do, we don't have to do any more than we are than we are already doing. We just need to be faithful. Our God is faithful, and He wants us to be faithful. And He wants us to live in freedom, true, true freedom. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And I don't know about you, but that is a great encouragement to me whenever whenever I am feeling weak. Um, then he is working for me to, uh, uh, and he is strength and he keeps me strong. There's days, if I'm being honest, there's days whenever you're, you're, and I'm sure some of you guys are the same, where you're getting up out of bed and you're going to work and you're feeling, oh, goodness, Lord, God, just just enough grace for today. I just need enough grace for today. And he gives you enough grace for today because God is faithful, God is good, and God is faithful. And he wants, yeah, he wants to keep us quiet, but we, he... He, the Father, wants us to live in true freedom and what that looks like. And I was trying to think. Whenever we think about how we see ourselves, how you see it. If I if I was to ask my my nephews of how how they were to see me, they call me annoying Auntie Emma. But I know I, t- I know that's in love. You know I'm not I'm not taking that personally. That's in love. Uh, but they would say that I'm annoying. Uh, I'm sure all would say that, for want of a better word, Emma. If you were to fall in a cow pot, you would still come up smelling like roses. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> other, other, other friends refer to me as princess because all of a sudden they're making me a cup of tea or coffee uh, and they've yeah. just come into my house. They're like, you're born to be served. So people will see, everybody sees yeah, everybody sees us differently. Um, our friends see us differently, our family see us differently. Uh, and and we see ourselves differently. But the most important thing is God sees us differently. God sees us without limits. God knows the plans for, that he has for us. Plans to, to help and to prosper us, Lord, and not, not to harm us. And that's what we need to remember. God is good. God is on our side. Regard, and he wants to use our story to release freedom in other people. He doesn't want us to be quiet. He doesn't want us to have the tape over our mouths. He wants us to be sharing our story and owning it and owning every part of it. So whenever I was trying to get a a picture of how I felt God seen us, uh, the only thing, I I went for a look on on the internet and this is what I saw, just a ball of colour exploding um, and whenever there's a ball of colour that explodes, explodes, it goes everywhere, there's beauty in that, it's not, it it could be a a bomb going off, an explosion going off, but the beauty that's within that colour and that's, that's how God sees us. He sees us as beings of colour. He sees us as beings of it's going into the it's going into the distance. It's not just for the centre where the explosion has taken place. If we do that, then we don't impact on other people. He's looking us to impact on other people. He's looking to use our story to impact on other people. He's looking to use my struggle with fear and anxiety and, and feeling that I'm not enough and, and feeling of comparison of going, actually I'm a step into your freedom because you carry something that nobody else carries. Everybody sitting in this room carries something that nobody else carries and only you um, can can share, only you can use that. I can't use it. I can't be anybody else here. I can only be myself. And God says, I'm good enough and you are good enough. So shame, um, there's, uh, I've written down a few uh, quotes just from Breen Brown, The Gift of Imperfection. She's a, she's a, She's a writer, uh, she speaks about shame and vulnerability, and shame and vulnerability are not weaknesses, they are strengths. They are only weaknesses if we let them control us. She then writes, shame keeps worthiness away by convincing us that owning our story will lead to people thinking less of us. Shame is all about fear. And fear keeps us quiet. The, The enemy wants, our fear and insecurities to stop us in our track and not to to advance us forward. Uh, And we need to hear that, I think we need to hear that at any age, it doesn't matter if you're at school age, it doesn't matter if you're leaving school and going to university, if you are 20, 30, 60, 70, 80, Uh, fear keeps, the enemy doesn't want us to move forward Um, and we can still move forward at any point in our lives. There's a few verses, some of I've already mentioned that I've, um, that have really impacted me over, over the last the last while and, and during my life, so I kind of wanted to, to go through those. I've mentioned this one, the Lord himself will fight for you, just stay calm. You're worth the fight, I'm worth the fight, um, and we need to believe that in ourselves. Search for peace and hold on to it. It used, to, it used to be, or I used to think, I thought of peace, oh, yes, you know, peace of God, it's there, take it, but peace of God is a gift, um, and like any gift, we have to take it, and with any gift, um, we have to accept it, and we have to hold on to it, we have to use it to get the best out of it, and God's peace is available, and it's it's available to, to all of us, um, and it's it's an availability that, it's peace much more than than this world will ever know or understand, um, so searching for peace and when you hold when you get it when you when you find it hold on to it and choose it every day because the enemy is looking to take away that peace because um, he's not wanting us to live in peace he's looking to throw our insecurities he's looking us to throw our stro- the strongholds that he has on us uh, and, and just for that to spiral out of control and the next the next one is whenever you put your story in front of this verse here, um, of how you see yourself, Emma, you are this, this, and this, but but the Lord is in his temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. So all is well. God is in his, on his throne. God is still watching over us. God is still on our side. I am still the daughter of Christ. Um, and in every situation, in every emotion, every feeling that I feel, he's there telling me, Emma, you're good enough. You're my daughter. I love you. And you're good enough. I will give you enough grace for today. Whenever I was in Cambodia, there was times whenever I was like, "Oh God, just just enough grace for today. I can't do this anymore." Or sometimes my prayer is like, is, "Oh God," and that's all I can get out because there are no other words. Because sometimes we just feel exasperated. And my yeah, and 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 that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants my head to be full of full of self-doubt. my The enemy wants my head to be concentrating on, on all what I, the things that I see are my shortcomings, but actually, whenever I do that, I'm inward focused and that's what he wants. He wants me to be focusing on myself. He doesn't want me to be seeing what's going on around me. And as I talk about freedom and living in freedom and I think about where I work, so I'm working in Vineyard Compassion at the minute. Um, up in the the Hope Centre, we've built a new centre, and it's absolutely amazing. And it's amazing to see something like that going on in the community, um, where people can come into this building, uh, get their needs met, and um, we do we get to know their story a little bit and how how else we can best help them. You used to it here in reach and, and wanting to move people into freedom. We we work with individuals who we want to move into freedom and let, yet we're not working we're not living in freedom ourselves. Whenever I worked in Cambodia, one of the reasons that I went into social work is because you see individuals in certain circumstances, you're thinking, This is not that, this isn't all that God has for you, this isn't all that your life is about. There's so much more, and we want people to move into freedom, but yet are we living in freedom? And I know I'm not always living in freedom. Yes, there's days where I'm like Oh, I'm having a good day. This has been good. I'm laughing and smiling, um, and life is good. Uh, and then there's other days where you're thinking, "Oh goodness, this is just this is just hard work." I'm not for any particular reason, because I think what, what I have, I have a wonderful family. I I have a great job. I, I have a, a home. Um, I have so many amazing things. But yet, there's things that you, we yeah we compare ourselves to others, and we just we we don't measure up. But God tells us we measure up. So I want to challenge you today, if you're not living in freedom, if there's something that the enemy has got over you or is holding back from you, release it today, give it over to because I really feel that, yeah, that God wants to stamp out, stamp in freedom and stamp out fear, anxiety, depression, um, any mental health issues, struggles that we've had, abuses that we have suffered, because that's not where where he wants us to stay. He wants us to move into the freedom that, that is truly there from Christ. So Christ has truly said, this is Galatians 5, verse 1. So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. And I've, yeah, I've underlined now, make sure you you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery. And the reality is, that's a daily thing. I think that's a daily thing for all of us, where we have to go every morning, you know, right, God, this is a new day. yesterday is gone and whatever has happened yesterday that's gone today is a new day open my eyes let me see what you have for me today and so yeah living in that freedom true freedom that is from christ and not getting tied up in the slavery not getting tied up in our insecurities not getting tied up in the things that the the enemy wants to to bind us to because freedom is in christ and christ reigns he is still on the throne and christ reigns the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. The thief, the enemy, wants to take all that is good. He wants to take all the color that is in our life and he wants to make it black and white. But Christ is color, Christ is beauty. Look round creation, it's stunning. It's be- that is who our God is, that is who our creator is. And that is how he sees us. We are his daughters, we are his sons. And I often think, I'm mean, like, God must get really, really frustrated because he's like, you're not getting this. You're not getting that you are free, that I have sent the most precious person in my life to die for you on the cross, Emma, and yet you're not living in the freedom. Why did I bother doing that? But yet he would do it. He would do it all again, knowing that I would still have my insecurities, knowing that I would still have my doubts, knowing that I would, I'm not yet um, fully, fully there and fully free because, because I have these, yeah, self-doubts. But I'm, it's a daily journey and it's going to be a journey of going, I'm constantly, I I claim this freedom. This freedom is for me. It's not just for Cheryl or it's not just for um, Jason and Michelle and, and ministers within the church. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. Freedom in Christ is for us all. Um, and one of the things I was thinking whenever I was coming in here, I was like, oh my word, I have never, I come to church week in, week out, never think about any of the prep that goes into it. I just rock up, sit in a seat, and like, happy days, Lord, what have you got for me this morning? I've never thought so much about service in all my life. I'm like, goodness, I don't think I'll ever make a preacher and having to do this every Sunday. But, yeah... Appreciate what we have. Appreciate the Jasons and the Michelles, or whoever the pastors are that you that the church that you go to. Appreciate the um the worship team. Appreciate the the setup team. Appreciate the people who are in here from nine or half nine in the morning because this does doesn't just come together. This is um people who are sacrificing and working for God and and and. Don't, and here we all we all have make sacrifices and stuff. But I've never yes, it was just coming in this morning on the amount of work and effort that people put into church. So so thank you for that. Um, that was just a little by point. But yes, coming back to the thief wants to take away our freedom. He wants to t- take away our and destroy our dreams. I want people to know in here if you have a dream that you have pressed down, repressed and thought, no, no, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that. The time has passed, it's not coming. Dream again. God wants you to dream again. He wants you to know that actually the dreams that he had over your life, they're still there, they're still achievable. He's still on the throne and he wants you to step into it. He wants chains to be broken, he wants prisoners to be free and he wants you to step into what he has for you. No holds barred, no limits. Live in the freedom that Christ has for you. He wants to give us a rich and satisfying life. He doesn't want our lives to be dull and to be boring. They want to be full of color. And this, we were singing a song earlier on, it spoke about God's faithfulness. And this was how I could sum up God's faithfulness. God's faithfulness, this was the first day that I was heading off to Cambodia on my own, thinking, oh my word, what on earth am I doing? to the last day whenever I was coming home and those are the guys that came to the airport to see me and say goodbye. And that was, that to me is God's faithfulness. Step into what God has for you, whatever that might be. I'm not saying it's going to be going to a foreign country. I'm not saying it's, it's going to be a, a lifelong uh, career in ministry, but our work, our school, our everyday lives is our mission field. That's where God wants us to work. That's where God has the big plans for us. Stepping into that and giving our yes to God of going, yes, here I am, use me and my insecurities and whatever that looks like. So God is faithful. God is full of color. And allowing people to see not just the, the tip of the iceberg, but to see the whole story, see all of you, because he wants to love us and he wants to use us and to use us well. So wrapping up. Sorry. <laughs> It's just wrapping up, is that, no, Is that uh, verse again. He freed me from my fears. He freed me from my fears. Whatever your fears are today, if there's people need freedom from fear, from anxiety, from depression, whatever it might be, say, say today, right, this is the start of something new. You might still have to do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day, but you know what? Christ, where I am right now, Christ is with me every day. The insecurities and the doubts that I'll have tomorrow, he'll be like, okay, Emma, let's, let's do it again because he loves me. He loves me and he sees me and he knows that I'm not going to get it right all the time. Um, so yeah, live in the freedom that Christ has for you uh, and, and live a life full of color and own, own your story, whatever that looks like. Be vulnerable because you're worth, you're worth the love that people will show you. And that's the